Hello and welcome back to Verbal Processing. My name's Nate. I'm here as well. My name is Maria and today we have a special guest on the podcast. Um, we have with us today Georgia. Hey guys, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So Georgia, you want to give us a quick ABCs of you? ABCs of me? Yeah, oh, sure. Man. Okay. What's A? Um, <laughs> I was expecting a different question. Um, yeah, so I am... Oh, that's a tricky one, because you want to like talk about who you are right now instead of who you were, because where you were isn't where you want to go, necessarily. Gotcha. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, I'm a social media manager by day, and I just started getting into mindset coaching in the last month. Um, Very yeah, nice. I'm working on that journey, and... Um, yeah, trying to get into the ring. I want to do a kickboxing fight in January just to you yeah. know, see how that goes. Yeah, just to get we were in just and talking try. about that. Yeah, so George is so big cool. into kickboxing, and uh, I'm sure she could kick everybody else's ass here. But, uh, uh, probably. Not <laughs> unprompted. <laughs> so when you do your kickboxing, is it what's the commitment like on a weekly basis? Is it like two to three nights a week, something like that? Yeah, um, I go. I try to go five to six times a week, just oh, um, wow. because that's uh, different uh, training sessions per week. So, like Sundays is sparring, where you kind of get to learn, you get to put into practice what you've learned through the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have your one-on-one trainings and then nice. your drills. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You just want to do it all the time, right? Because it becomes like a high. Like you right. start doing it, and you're like, oh, okay. And you're I go worried. to bed, and I'm just like, can't wait to go tomorrow and try out what I learned. So yeah. that's really cool. Do you find that um, kickboxing is like more cardio, more strength, or do you find it's like a good balance of both? Um, it's definitely a lot of cardio. <laughs> like you can't yeah. be strong if you you can't stand up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you gotta be able to keep yeah, going. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you don't realize like when it, how much effort it takes to punch and to kick. Like you think like, oh, my body can do that, but for a sustained period of time, it takes yeah. a lot of cardio. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does, and that's why you you find a lot of the uh, high level people are all super lean. It's because like when you have, they're not everybody would imagine the the best fighter would be somebody that's super big and muscly, but True. it's not the case because muscle burns oxygen faster than anything else and so when you have uh you have so much muscle it's a little more difficult so that's why you gotta have like a a lean build kind of to be able to strike and have that power but balance it with not getting exhausted yeah Yeah. it's like endurance right i find in most endurance sports you need to be lean to some degree because you just can't burn that oxygen too quickly or you can't go any longer right yeah (laughs) true Yeah, yeah like i know with you with running We've talked about this before, like, most long-distance runners, marathon runners, are super, super lean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's it, just their... You're hard-pressed to find somebody who's, who's got some muscle on them, and not to say that they don't have muscle, but it's just that they, they're they so lean that it, it's hard to tell. Like, yeah. it's, it's uh, and I did a ultra-marathon last year, and I knew another guy from university who also did the marathon. Um, big guy, muscly. And uh, by round seven or eight, he, he had to stop for a round just because it was so hard. And, and um, that's just because it's so much muscle. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, it's almost really hard on your knees, really yeah. hard on your joints, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, How long is an ultra marathon? Uh, anything, technically, an ultra is anything longer than a marathon. This one was a, approximately 72 kilometers. Oof. Yeah, so okay. it was a lot. And it was uh, 72K <laughs> in... Uh, 48 hours oh. so you ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours so it was 12 
runs of four miles and uh, you had to start on the four hour clock. So if you didn't finish your run six, by the time run seven was supposed to start, you were behind, right? Oof. So uh, it was tricky because you get home and uh, you first thing you want to do is, is have something to eat, drink some water yeah, and then sure go to starving. bed. But if you're not done your run within an hour, yeah. then you only have two and a half hours to eat, sleep, get some food or uh, <laughs> some food and water and then be up and ready for the next run. So That's crazy. Wow. It what, is. It's a lot. What What was your mentality like in a, at the beginning to get into something like that? <laughs> Why did I do it? Yeah. Um, I really like challenges and it was a big challenge and it's becoming more and more prominent as people get into the world of, you know, sports. People just have more time now. Yeah. They don't have to worry about raising nine kids on average mm-hmm. and they don't have to worry about... Yeah, so I just find that leisure is becoming a very big thing and athletic leisure, which is a weird thing to say, but it's it's almost what it is. Athleisure. Athleisure, <laughs> because... It, <laughs> People have more time in their daily thing because they don't, you know, now we have dishwashers, so you don't have to spend 40 minutes a day washing dishes. Now we mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, clothes and mm-hmm. uh, washers and dryers, so now you don't have to, you know, spend three hours doing laundry for your whole family. And all that time that's freed up, it, it's just all these different activities that people are getting into, like ultra marathon running, and um, a great example is those Ironmans or the. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's what's it called with the obstacles? Yeah, I know you're talking about like prison. Tough mutters. Like yeah. yeah, tough oh, mutters, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyways, that's why I got into it. It was a you challenge. Had time? Yeah, I had, I had time, and uh, I like a challenge, and I like to stay yeah. fit. Yeah. So, yeah. Was there a point where you think like I'm not going to finish this? No, no, I don't think so. No. There was a time when I regretted starting it, but I, <laughs> yeah. I knew I was going to finish it the whole time. It wasn't yeah. physically too challenging because you had the it's like the cadence is four hours so you have some time to relax Mm -hmm. but uh mentally it was just a little tricky because you didn't get sleep so yeah we were talking about that i think a few days ago about like gym versus running because georgia is a runner as well oh yeah Um, nice i mean i hate i despise it i do it because (laughs) i was told you have to run to get in the ring you can't run unless you i mean you can't fight until you run yeah anyways nonetheless um (laughs) whether you're running because you love it or you hate it um I, we were talking about running versus gym and how um, the gym is, uh, you can get physically a lot stronger, but I think it's a lot harder to build mental endurance in the gym mm-hmm. as it is with running. And I really found yeah. that as well. Like this summer I spent, like I tracked my runs on Strava and I think for the month of July I ran every single day except for like two days or something nice. like that. And so like that kind of mental endurance is built with running. And I haven't really been running because it's cold and I know that's like not a good reason to not be running, but um, yeah. I just prioritize other things in my life right now, like going to the gym. Um, but I've been kind of interested in what mental discipline is and how to build it. Um, and so something that I've been kind of working on is, um, trying like apart from the running is meditation. And I find I've found kind of similar effects from running mm-hmm. as I have from meditation. I don't know if you've kind of dabbled in that area, Georgia. Meditation? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't, but like, tell, tell me more. How does it, how is it similar? So when I meditate, I, um, I don't do it for very long cause I find that 
if I know it's going to be a long time commitment, then I'm like less likely to even try just because I know it's going to take a long time and I, I don't want to do it. So it's usually just like for five or 10 minutes. And I just focus on like one meditation anchor, which is, so you find like one part of your body to focus on. And usually for me, it's like my belly and I'll just put my hand on top of my belly and I'll just feel myself breathe in and out. And so the goal of the meditation is to spend five minutes or 10 minutes only focusing on that and every single time you catch your mind drifting to another thought you like gently bring yourself back to that anchor so what you're training your mind to do is basically you're training your mind to control what is coming in and out of it um so you're becoming very aware of the thoughts that are passing through your mind and it's important something that i've learned through meditating it's it's important to like not beat yourself up for those thoughts that come in because that's a very normal part of the process but like what i've trained myself to do is every time i find my mind wandering which inevitably it does um then i come back to my meditation anchor and i focus on my breathing and then i just tell myself that I'm so grateful that my meditation is not over and that I still have the opportunity to continue being aware. And yeah. I found that that's been like really good just to recognize that I am in control of the thoughts that come in my mind. Because I'm a huge believer that your thoughts create your emotions and your emotions create your actions and your actions create your reality. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way to control and the first step is just being aware of what actually is going on in your mind, that's when you can start to like make changes within um, the stories that you're telling yourself in your brain because oftentimes they're not true I struggle with this is I tell myself things that aren't true and Oftentimes if you've been doing this for like years upon years Then you start creating narratives in your head and then you start living them out and I'm sure you know all about that with your mindset coaching <laughs> A little. Yeah, yeah. There's more to learn every day, but yeah, yeah. but what is a uh, apart from like meditation or like disciplining your thoughts and that kind of stuff um from like a mindset coach perspective, I'd be really curious to, to hear what you have to say about that. About like tips and like resources for learning how to deal with your negative thoughts or... Or like mean? just like what has been your experience with yourself and perhaps like clients and stuff like that with um, like do you notice certain patterns uh, like people get stuck in ruts and, and like thought processes and that kind of thing? Yeah, well exactly like you said... Um, my experience in talking to people is like hey do you hear yourself right now and then they go oh yeah um and like my job as the coach is just to say um just to repeat back what they're saying to themselves and then ask them a question and the thing with the mindset coaching is we ask ourselves a lot of negative questions and I think that's the bad self-talk you're talking about and not to just say like oh I'm getting all these bad thoughts and I'm a horrible person but to recognize it and go Uh, you know instead of why is this happening to me Mm -hmm. what is this trying to teach me and that's really hard to do because our brains are programmed to ask negative questions so Mm -hmm. I guess the biggest thing I've noticed is just being aware and then asking a question around what's positive and how can you move yourself forward does that make sense yeah sort of (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's interesting so like you're like kind of steering the ship like just turning it in a different direction and then helping the the person that you're helping to process things in a more positive light which brings us to our instagram discussion yeah Yeah. oh yeah true yeah what was the post that you saw i'm curious so the post that i saw i think we saw the same post on instagram today and it was uh, with regards to um false optimism versus like authentic optimism and false positivity um or unhelpful positivity if you will 
as opposed to like realism. I think the of? the one I saw was titled Toxic Positivity. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't this like that. The second <laughs> I saw it, I was like, this is ridiculous. Well, and I I I breezed I breezed out like that's ridiculous. This is ridiculous too. That's oh. kind of crazy and then I was gone. <laughs> okay. Curious. Um Maria can vouch for this. I hear what you're saying about the positive and it's very good to be able to catch yourself when you're saying negative things to yourself but I find a lot of value in the negative things yeah. in my life and I'm very hard on myself though and I think that many people these days are yeah. um, for a variety of different reasons everybody has their reasons but I find a lot of drive from yeah. the negative speak in my life now of course it has yeah. to be balanced with some positivity like okay totally. well I'm hard on myself so that I achieve something, but when I achieve it, good on you. Like, good yeah. job. Okay, but then that's done. Yeah. You got 20 seconds of happiness. What's the next thing? Okay. And uh, and so my question to you is, is how do you balance... If, you have, if you're working with people that maybe are having a tough time, but they have different temperaments. People that, some people hardwired to be difficult on themselves, and then other people that... Maybe just temperamentally aren't as difficult on themselves. Maybe they're a little bit lower in neuroticism, whatever it is. Um, how do you balance that? Do you have different approaches for when you're, you're dealing with uh, people that are going through a tough time? Or um, Okay, so I've been doing this for like a month. I'm so new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. um, I have, um, yeah, not a whole lot of experience to back me up, but I guess I do have experience in talking to my friends and family. So yeah, there you go. It's, it's interesting. Everybody's got some experience, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that you said, um, you know, like I think your negative thoughts are disciplined thoughts from what I hear. Like you're pushing yourself, which you need. And then you said, you know, when things are good, you have your few minutes of glory and then you move forward. Mm-hmm. That was right? In, yeah, in a nutshell, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah? Okay. I guess the thing I've learned recently and um, has been a large awakening for both the people who are neurotic and the people that aren't is um, we get caught up in our negative thoughts when we don't take a second to look back at where we were. Um, it's called, it's a, like a, there's a book on it, it's called The Gap in the Gain. Um, right. And the gap is looking back is is thinking like okay on to the next thing like i'm i need to move forward this is the next goal in my mind Mm -hmm. versus the gain like sitting in the moment and then thinking like oh man even a week ago i was here and now i'm here even a year ago i was here now i'm here and it can be in just like the smallest moments like i (laughs) um I can't really think of an example at this moment but is that fair to say that you don't do that or that you are working on that like that you're that's something I'm unsure maybe what you mean by that. So could, yeah. yeah. Um, like it works for you to, to look at a goal and then uh, like achieve it and then keep going. Yes, right? most definitely. Yeah. Um, I do find though that, and Maria is also aware of this, that sometimes I, I take on a lot because yeah. I want to accomplish mm-hmm. right. X amount of things. Um, although I'm, I'm very aware that um, it's better to take a thousand steps in one direction than one step in a thousand directions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's trying to find that balance. Yeah. Uh, but I find that uh, the negative thoughts I have in my head about myself, um, I have the confidence that if somebody else were to say that to me, yeah, eh, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know Jack. You don't yeah. know me. Get away. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't phase me. But when I, but I like to hear that stuff from myself, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not entirely sure where it comes from, mm-hmm. uh, because I've come from a loving family, like mm-hmm. really supportive parents. 
Um, but I just like I like to do better, and I I noticed that mm-hmm. in Maria as well. Um, yeah, I think, I'm not sure if the inner dialogue's the same, but uh, I think it's maybe a little different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I I think I have more like not negative self talk, but I have more of like a I would say like the the self talk that I have is fear based. It's like hmm. I'm really scared to um, not do something well like it terrifies me to be unsuccessful in something Mm. like when I think about who I am and what I've created for myself in this life and um I'm very proud of that and I like recognize that I've worked my ass off to be where I am today but uh if someone were to take all of that away from me I I don't know who I would be and that scares me Hmm. like I I don't know if that's a normal thing I don't really know yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, what are you without your accomplishments? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, That's your, your your habits, I guess. If you strip away all of the accolades. But your habits are what make you accomplish the things that you do. Yeah, so what, you what just start at ground one. I mean, like, yeah, I guess. What is accomplishment? Hmm, that's mm. a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a goal that you set for yourself and you've accomplished it. Yeah, what would you say accomplishment is? I'd say it's about the growth to get to the goal. Mm-hmm. It's like accomplishment is becoming the person I needed to be in order to hit the goal I wanted. Okay, so okay. here's a question then. Does that mean that the achieving the actual goal is not important then? Achieving the goal is important. If mm-hmm. I am unable to achieve the goal, it's not a loss. Gotcha. It can be a loss if it's like, I don't know, something super serious, I guess. <laughs> gotcha. But, but it comes with the knowledge that like things don't always work out the way that we want to. So mm-hmm. it's like, if I have a goal my life won't be turned upside down and I get depressed over it because hopefully I'm looking at what I've learned and it's not failure until I've stopped trying. Yeah. I like that approach. It's like, yeah. So success is just learning more about myself, Mm -hmm. taking, taking note of the growth to get to the goal. And if I get to the goal, that's awesome. But it's not the moment that I'm going to remember. It's all the things I did to get there. Gotcha. I don't think that's something that comes naturally to people to think like that, though. <laughs> I, I, I really don't, don't think it is. I, don't, I agree. I don't, yeah. I don't recognize that in myself, really. Because no. like, when I think about what an accomplishment is, it's I really only think about the end. Mm. And maybe that's not a healthy like mindset. I don't know. But for me, when I want to do something, maybe it's just because I'm 22 and I haven't really like stuck my neck out and failed hard. Because most of the time... You know, in your early 20s is when people will start to, like, um, start a business and then they fail. Or, like, they'll go to college and then drop out or something like that. And maybe it's just because I'm young and I I don't have that much experience yet. I haven't really stuck my neck out and really failed at something to recognize that the journey is probably more important than the destination. But I, I, for me, like, when I want to do something, the option of failing is not even there. Like, I'm going to do it. And then... That's fair. Maybe it's just lack of experience of, of, and now knock on wood, I don't, like, fail everything I do now. Mm. But, yeah. I don't know that I, like, take the time to really, like, appreciate the journey. And maybe I should. Yeah, I got a question then for both of you. Um, so, I feel the same. Like, I, I there's a lot I want to do. And, and failing's important, I think. Uh, you can't name a single person that's made it that hasn't failed at something mm-hmm. or another. Um, but... 
there are some people that I kind of I keep going back to this, but that are hardwired to want to succeed to mm -hmm. that nth level, and they won't stop until they get there. And they're the kind of people that will stick their neck out time and time again, mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's more important to them to take the short term loss uh, so that they can get the long term gain than to live a comfortable life. Yeah, and. My question then is, because we see a lot of people today that um, are depressed, are anxious, are feeling like they're not enough X, Y, and Z, and my question is, 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 it, is it, do we need to find a balance where the people that are hardwired to win are allowed to just be who they are and want to win, and then it's okay to also let people just, like, that want a calm life to yeah. let them have their calm life because I and and to, to round it out what I mean by that is I feel like a lot of people maybe not everybody and maybe maybe I'm wrong but it, it seems to me that perhaps it's plausible that a lot of people feel like they need to be doing something mm -hmm. because there's so many high achievers that we're exposed to every day like every day is a new headline Elon Musk landed people on you know, Jupiter. <laughs> wherever it is. Elon Musk has built a rocket that not only goes up, but also comes down. And you're like sitting on the couch eating potato chips. <laughs> so what's the question that they should, they should live? Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious what your thoughts are about, uh, like, do you, do you think there's too much universal pressure on everybody to perform consistently? Or do we feel like, uh, it's important to strike a healthy balance where the people that want to succeed are allowed to succeed however much they want and people that just want a normal life it's okay to have a normal life and I, I feel like that's a little bit of an issue and, and, and what, I'll, what I'll come back to is Maria and I sometimes talk about um, or mostly it's me and she listens very politely but we'll talk about um, the fact that uh, Sometimes when people talk about equality, that's a top, that's a hot topic these days. Equality, like well, we need to make sure everybody has equality. Okay, well, why? And what kind of equality are you talking about? Are you talking about equality of opportunity, or are you talking about equality of outcome? Because those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. Quality of opportunity is like if you have people in a factory making chairs, and two people make chairs. The quality of opportunity is it doesn't matter your age, your gender, your sex, your race. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. If you make X amount of chairs, you make X amount of money, period. Okay, that's a quality of opportunity. So it's a meritocracy. So somebody makes 20 chairs and you get a dollar per chair, they get $20. But the other guy who only makes, or girl, makes 15 chairs, they only get $15, right? <laughs> but then there's the equality outcome which is it doesn't matter how many chairs you make you know we'll say jane makes 20 chairs and bob makes 10 chairs but they get paid the same amount of money is that fair because i feel like that's a conversation that's being had these days which is we need equality you know I, yeah i to go off of that i think then we're looking at jane and bob and another approach would be um let's say jane has uh only one hand and Bob has two hands, and so what they do is they find a way a prosthetic hand for Jane, so now they can both make 20 chairs. Do you know what I mean? Like, Not really. Okay, that was a horrible example. It really was. 
But what I mean is giving, okay, let's say Jane and Bob have this discrepancy on how many chairs they can make per day. Figure out which one is lacking and provide them some sort of support so yeah. that they can get there. So that at the end right. of the day, they're both making twenty chairs. Yeah, and know? and that and that's a good point. And then where where this rounds out to the conversation I was having prior, I promise it all makes sense. <laughs> but um, it's it's the conversation is often the successful are too successful. They're too uber productive. We need to slow them down rather than let's help people catch up. But then also the conversation can be, why do we have to help people catch up? Like everybody's so worried about equality, like everybody being the same. Everybody's, how about we just let people be who they are and the Elon Musk of the world can continue to produce. We should be able to help people with one arm metaphorically (laughs) get to the point where they have been allotted every opportunity possible and well, maybe education is that arm. Maybe somebody was born without, or yeah. born and raised without the opportunity for education, um, and that's kind of a bit of a setback because if you're not educated and you can't learn to read or write, there's just literally things you cannot do, right? Mm-hmm. And so, being able to help those people mm-hmm. that want the opportunity to succeed, and then, but also just letting letting people like just be okay with. Not yeah. doing whatever they Yeah. I mean, let them. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, at the end of the day, you define what you want out of your life. So, like, you have to figure out what it is you want. And if you're okay with just... There's a lot of people who are totally okay with clocking in 9 to 5 every single day. And they're going to go home. And that's, like... I think that also is just their temperament. Like, they're very content people. Yeah. And they just... Maybe they derive satisfaction in different areas of their life. Like, there's seven areas of life. And maybe... Um, career and you know maybe even not even relationships because some people will clock in nine to five at their job and go home and never try to get a girlfriend you know and they're totally happy and they're playing video games and that's totally fine and so like if that's how you derive satisfaction out of your life then I think there's like literally nothing wrong with that yeah that's definitely not how I would but yeah within reason I guess yeah yeah with it like if you're not hurting people doing the life that you're doing and I mean, even if you're working your nine to five and you're clocking in, you are providing value, economically speaking, to society. So you're, I think as long as you maintain like a neutral value to society and you're not like dipping down with the negatives, then I think you should be okay to just kind of do what you want. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, George? I don't know. My head's spinning. There's so many, like, we went so many routes, and I'm just not sure where to, where to start. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, sometimes we'll branch, but uh, usually it all rounds out. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I, I don't I guess it. <laughs> um, Sorry, I just put you on the spot there. So, no. I got a question for you, then. Yes. I, I did want to ask you this, but it, it, we got a little off topic. So, what made you get into kickboxing? Yes, my ex-boyfriend wanted to start into boxing, and I said, I will try the new thing that's scary with you, but in a different class. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I did kickboxing, and he did boxing, and it was sort of like that companionship, that thing, you know, Mm -hmm. you had to talk about the same stuff. Um, And then (laughs) he did that for uh, the last two years of our relationship, and then it became like more of a him thing, and then we broke up, and then... I brought it back up again, and it just became a real source of joy. So nice. Well, I'm nice. glad you're able to like, you know, keep going and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And how long have you been doing it now? Um, seriously, a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. nice. So it's been really good. 
and you're already doing a match. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it wrote it down last year that I was going to get in the ring by the end of this year, but uh, unfortunately it will be January, but the goal is to get there, so. Right that's on. That's good. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Just fun. Do you have any butterflies or anything about uh, getting in the ring, or are you? Um, butterflies. No, I want to do it. I want to, I want to know what it's like to step in a ring, not mm-hmm. know someone, and just decide, yeah, we're going to fight. And so what <laughs> made you, I know, I know you said what you joined with your ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. but you didn't have to no. so was there something else that made you want to join or was it just kind of you were you, yeah. once you tried it once you were hooked or no kinda? it's no yeah <laughs> um, yeah so I was a competitive figure skater my whole life and okay. that was oh, my sport cool. that was my thing that was my identity and then <laughs> um I did that for 14 years and then I took it as far as I could go did all the things um and then yeah, life got hard, and I, I'm dialed in when I have a sport, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I did it as a thing to be a good girlfriend, um, and I found it hard because uh, I, I have asthma, and the cardio that was required was difficult, yeah. so I stopped, um, and I was like, yeah, I don't need it, I was professional back here, so I'm good, <laughs> you carry on, um, and uh, and then it just became about like a, I did have moments where I was struggling that I was like, this is a awesome, like I love this, but my my passion to, to, no, not passion, like my dedication to wanting to get better at it was a lot smaller than my fear of looking stupid. I let my fear of looking silly at the bag stop me from going. And then I think it was a little bit of the fuel of the breakup that was like, you know what? I'm a good athlete. I did find joy in this. So I'm going to go back and see how far I can take it. And it was just about showing up. And I said, if I leave class feeling like, damn right, I just did that. And like, I can't wait to go back tomorrow. Then I'll keep going. And every day I was just like, yep, still like it. Still like it. Still feel this way. So I just kept adding up. That's right awesome. on. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you said it was hard because that's, and you just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you know Glennon Doyle at all? Yeah, who's Glennon Doyle? So she wrote this wonderful book um, a, a few years ago and it's really great and it reminded me of it and uh, the book is called Untamed. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to pull Sorry, to everybody listening, we were all really craving a beer before this started, so, so we got some beers here. Cheers. 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 Thanks so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. <laughs> um, so anyways, this book is called Untamed, and she her mantra throughout the whole book is, we can do hard things. And it's the most simple thing ever. But I think it's one of the greatest reminders in life is, like, no matter how hard something is, um, like, you can do it, you know? Yeah. And so kickboxing was hard for you, as it probably is for a lot of people, because it's a really intense sport. But, like, you're a badass athlete, and you did it. Yeah. So good on you. Yeah, it's just... Getting over that hump, right? That like it's okay if you look stupid. <laughs> like Yeah. You know You have to be a fool before you're an expert. You do. And like I think a lot of people just stop because they're like, Well, I'm not good at this, so I got I'm not gonna look good. Like they're supposed to come in. Yeah, because you're a pro. It's like yeah. no babe, like just go and try and if you look silly, like me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's it's also I imagine when you come at it from a place of uh, humility and you know you're not the best. Then everybody around you says, okay, this person is clearly like, I don't know if maybe this was it, but it, 
I imagine if I was in a mixed martial arts class and I was like, didn't know what was going on, I'd feel a little silly. Yeah. I'd feel like, I don't want to waste their time. They're totally. like, they're super way down the line from me. And you make yourself small. They're pro, you make yourself, yeah. and, but then if you own it and you say, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm going to know a little more every day. Mm-hmm. And you might not want to spar with me right now <laughs> if you're like a blue belt, yeah. but in a year you might. Yeah. yeah. And I, COVID seems like it's been a snap of the finger and that was like almost two years ago. Yeah. So a, a year goes by real quick and you can, um, as your living proof can go from A to Z real quick. And, uh, so good for you. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you find a big difference? Obviously there's a technical difference, but, okay. um, the physical difficulty of figure skating versus, uh, kickbox- kickboxing, what do you think the what? biggest changes have been there? Oh, uh, interesting. Um, well, <laughs> uh, figure skating never left me like in bed all day being like, ouch. Like I met the ice a lot. We had a really close relationship. I did have similar bruises that I do now, but, um, a lot less to the head. Um, so yeah, the, I don't know. I, that's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the same idea though of, I'm not even talking about cardio anymore, I'm talking about a thing, but um, the whole training for figure skating was, you, you trained every day, I trained for seven days a week, and then the competition was three minutes. You had three minutes to prove yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and the same with the ring, you have nine rounds, and then like, maybe, if you're lucky, you have all those rounds. Yeah. And then you you just... only get one chance. Then, yeah, no, so no, I guess like, cool. the physical challenges are, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> They're both hard. Yeah. <laughs> All sports are hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. They hard really to compare are. it. And so then I'm curious, um, when you're figure skating, you're being judged by, I don't know, two, three, four people that are sitting and they're watching or viewing. Yes. But in kickboxing, I know there are, you know, officials and I know there are likely judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Depending on what tier you're participating. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's every tier or if it's like... I don't actually know. So, um, <laughs> but my question is... You're being judged by other people based on your sole performance in figure skating, but when you're in kickboxing, you're almost entirely being judged, save the official, yeah. by the person that's also trying to kick mm-hmm. your ass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And do you find it's 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 difficult adjusting to when you're figure skating, you're, you're in complete control. Whatever happens is all you. Mm-hmm. That's 100% on you. But when you're in kickboxing, you're... Fifty uh, percent of a dance that's going on that will end in bruises and yeah. etc. And how do you find that adjustment? Like trying to be a perfectionist, I'm sure, with yeah. figure skating versus trying to be just not tapped out. Or, mm. um, I guess the thing I liked about both sports is that when I fail, it's on me, and when I win, it's on me. Mm. Like whether like, like whether I'm whether I lose in a fight or if I'm standing alive at the end. It, it was my mentality that got me there and it's going to be my mentality that's going to win or lose. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it wasn't, a, it's not so much about the person that I'm fighting that is, and I haven't been in a fight yet, so maybe this is just bull hockey. But, beach <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Yeah, yeah, so true. So I guess like, you, you still have to be tactical and strategic and, and if you're fighting someone and you decide, I can't do this, then you can't. <laughs> and if you decide in the middle of like going to do a, a jump where you're a couple feet in the air on like thin slices of blade that you can't do it, then 
then you can't do it either. It doesn't matter if there was someone who mm-hmm. was going to be my pair who was going to catch me mm-hmm. versus me in a ring who's someone's going to receive something. Like, it's still up to me. So, I don't know. Does that answer anything that at does all? Answer. Yeah. yeah, I it's... love that. I love that. If it's if you lose, it's on you. If you win, it's on you. I love that because line. it's like it's so the perfect balance between optimism and pessimism. You know, like if I lose, it's on me. But if I win, it's on me. Yeah, it makes me a shit team player. <laughs> I'm like I'm not a I'm not a sports. Did you guys hate person. group projects growing up? Oh my yeah. god, I hated. I love group projects. I'm not gonna lie, I was the lazy kid. In school. Like I tried hard. I needed good grades. But if yeah. you're in a group project and somebody was willing to do the work, it's like. Yeah. How bad it man. I had I was always that kid that had a million things going on. Yeah. So if I was distracted with a school project where somebody else was willing yeah. to take all the work, I'm like, oh yeah, go yeah. ahead. It's like, oh yeah, teamwork. Uh, <laughs> I was always the one who took the work because I was so yeah. paranoid I couldn't trust anyone else to do it. I was like, if yeah. you guys do it, you go you go mess it up, so yeah. let me do it. <laughs> Which is not good because I think the tendencies have probably like I have maybe some control issues when it comes to like projects at work and stuff too. Just like I just want them to be done well, yeah. and like I'd rather do them myself well once than to have to like hand it off to someone else and then have to revise their thing three million times and and then it's just more work. Like I'd just rather do it myself then. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you always had stuff on your plate as a kid growing up doing all the things. All oh, million things. Yeah. What what were the the bigger things? Sports, uh, sports were big for a while, but I would try all sports. Yeah, I did cross country, I did football, I would, I did baseball, I did rugby, I did track, yeah, I did ultimate frisbee, I did badminton. Hell yeah! I all those like all at the same time. Oh it's, it's soccer, basketball, like I did all. <laughs> so, um, I just had a lot going on, uh, and then I was in drama class. I really like drama. But then I, really, I didn't know that about you. Oh yeah, I was a drama kid. All there you go. Oh, yeah. You were a drama kid. I was a drama kid. I can snap into it if I in need high to. school. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. What was oh. your most notable role? <laughs> notable That's to you? It doesn't have to be a large role. No, I know. I'm I'm trying to think. There was one that I did that I really enjoyed, and I did I I did really well. I really liked it, but I can't remember off the top of my noggin. Okay. When it comes. It was a monologue that. Uh, was uh, a guy who lost somebody in 9-11. It was like super heartfelt. Oh my right? goodness. It was like a dramatic yeah. performance. And it was it was like, I can't remember the title of it, yeah. but uh, it was a play and I, I did the, it was a monologue and so it was only like five minutes. But I, I just remember afterwards being like, yeah. I need to go to acting school. And then, it's uh, amazing. Like, and then, I, I think maybe a week later we had like not a musical but like a singing mm-hmm. kind of like dancing section and I was like there's no way I'm going to be an actor <laughs> I was like, it's like this so my dream has been I was like no way I yeah, can't believe I'll stick you to my used story. to be a drama kid we used to walk past the drama kids in high school and be like mm-hmm. I'm surprised you were <laughs> <a drama> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sort of feel like you would have thrived in that environment <laughs> yeah you would have so it's I've heard you that nerd. from a few people. <laughs> <laughs> creative brand. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't want to be picked on. And, like, in my school, the drama kids got, like, really picked on. Oh, like, yeah. They had I was Pumbaa in oh, nice. my school play. No way. So, talking to you the biggest dork. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Wow. Nerd. 
nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Better than being a geek. I was living yeah. my best life, okay? That song, I owned it. I've yeah. never actually, I can't talk shit because I've never taken a drama class in my life. Oh, they're fun. You should. Like, yeah. do you, I feel like I might be actually good at it now. Oh, you I think you would. But yeah. I never tried, so. Okay, there used to be an improv theater on Cork Street, The Making Box. Yeah, And I that's know. where I started. You know, Shut yes. Down. I know, so sad. But they had a really good run. Um, and yeah, if you were to get into it, I'd say go do improv classes. But my point is moot. So <laughs> try it somewhere else. But yeah. I, I I wouldn't even know where to start, man. Like I yeah. I don't know. I also ne- like there were a few classes that I realized I would have loved to take in high school. I never took an economics class, and I really think if I had taken an economics class, I would have studied economics in university instead mm-hmm. of accounting. I really do. I think you would be good. Yeah. I think so too. I freaking love economics. I think I know on par, and I'm I've taken like one intro macro and one intro micro economics course in my life in, in university. But I think if I had uh, gone that route, I would have kicked it. Like I would have, <laughs> I would have, if I could choose my career over again, and it would still be kind of in the same sector of like finance, I would get into like international financial relations. Like I would love to sit on like the board that talks about trade with another country, like international Have trade. Have one of those earpieces in your yeah, like, like translators speaking up. Yeah. I, I just think it's so cool. Like to imagine to be the one to negotiate a trade deal with another country. That's badass. Yeah. That's so I would be cool. super nervous to do that. Yeah. I would just the whole time be like, what are you pulling? Like, what do I not yeah. know? Imagine sitting with China and you're like, so why, why don't you? Yeah. Why don't you? <laughs> do it. That's you are 22, my pal. I know. I know. <laughs> That's a, a really good point, actually. I have a lot of, like, I mean, probably to get, I don't know what the degree in economics is called. Um, would it be a Bachelor of Commerce or something like that? I think you're right. I'm not sure. I You can correct me, whoever is listening. Um, I could be wrong. But I, I have, like, a lot of the fundamental courses. I don't think it would it would be that much more to get another degree after. Do it. Do you need um, to have a degree to do that? I don't know. To be honest with you, I I think economics is one of those fields that isn't like, when you study economics, you don't become an economist. You can, for sure. But I think there's not a lot of economists out there and the need for them isn't like super high. But there's lots of different positions you can use, um, like, you know, working in international money markets, um, Mm -hmm. dealing with foreign trade, foreign policy, um, negotiating monetary policy, that kind of stuff. Like, and then a lot of that like ties into government jobs because um, you're working for a big bank, Canada, or you know different um, policy making institutions. Um, I don't know why I don't do that. You've got a lot of opportunities. You listed like twenty. Get in there. Just get in there. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do though. But when I think about like what if I could go back to high school and take one course, and I think it would change the trajectory of what I'm doing. I think it would be economics for sure. You think? Yeah. What do you think yours would be? Well, what do you think yours would be, Georgia? What do you think yours would be? Oh my god. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. I feel like the class that I wanted to learn, which is what I'm doing now, is mindset. I wanted like a balance of... I did sociology. It's so not what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, in like high school grade 11 or something. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing around like how do you control your mindset in high school. So I guess a course that I'd go back and do doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would create it. So I'm, I'm curious. Hell yeah. You're an athlete. 
maybe. I would say you've been you did figure skating for quite some time. It yeah. sounds like, and and you're a, definitely a very dedicated athlete now with kickboxing. Yeah. Uh, doing it five plus days a week. Very nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that where your uh, desire to be a mindset coach comes from? It's because what? I imagine. You need a, I, I don't imagine, I know, you need a rigorous mind if you're going to do challenging physical things. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that that is the perfect segue into becoming a mindset coach. <laughs> if you, if you're, view yourself, you just have to. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an option. If you're going to do challenging physical things, I don't think it's an option to have a Like mind. a strong, like, yeah, and you I, have I to have a strong mind. Yeah. yeah. Strong. I, I really think you have to have a strong mind to do difficult physical things because like that's your body is wired to stop when it hurts, right? So what do you think that would be accurate? Is that how you got into mindset or is it something else do you think? Hell yes. I think that's a piece of the pie. Um, (laughs) I think it's just my my family, my parents that um, primed me, if you will, for this role. Um, My my dad's a minister. My mom's a a teacher. Um, She taught me for most of my elementary life so I guess I felt like I had all the tools I could ever need to like manage my mind Mm -hmm. and sport was just like um a a vessel in which I got to practice those things very nice and your dad's a minister of what um United Church okay not of education we haven't talked about that yet I'm really excited religion yes oh my god I have a story girl oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I can go on (laughs) um yeah so you know, the Bible in school. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> yeah. We sometimes get into that on the podcast, too, a little bit. Yeah. I, I also religion. grew up in a religious environment. Um, oh, yeah? My dad wasn't, like, a minister of a church, but he often, like, growing up, he would deliver the message on a, like, Sunday morning wow. or whatever. So, like, I, I'm committed. pretty familiar with it. <laughs> Probably more committed than my dad, like, on a Saturday <laughs> night, like... All right. <laughs> like, what message am I gonna give tomorrow? My dad's a whiteboard dad, so he's got like one of those massive whiteboards that's on an easel that like wow. you can spin and turn around. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's he... what's on my Christmas wish list. It's oh, <laughs> beautiful. But yeah, he would spend like all his time like writing out diagrams and stuff on his whiteboard and stuff. And yeah, I think I get like my uh, conscientiousness and my. Um, Maybe even, like, my ability to articulate my thoughts probably from my dad, because mm. he's probably... Pretty, I, I'd say he's really good at that. Hmm. Yeah. 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 We learn a lot he's from hardworking. I've never met anyone more hardworking than my dad. Mm. It's interesting how you, like, adopt a lot of the same values that your parents have. And, like you said, sometimes you feel like you're prepared for the world with these challenges but then you still live your own life and when you move out and when you start exploring different areas of your life like you know leaving university and then getting a full-time job then it also becomes pretty apparent that it's still very much on you to start to develop other skills and things like your parents can only prime you so much before you have to take responsibility for yeah as soon as you're exposed to the broader tribe you realize real quick what holds your and I mean that in the less, in the least, like, just there's holes in every family because people have habits and with those habits yeah. come holes, right? And so no you, you, as soon as you expand out of your broader, your family tribe into the broader tribe, you real, you realize real quick. Yeah. 
it's hard to see sometimes too. It's like sink or swim, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, and like also that. I feel like it's important to not only take the, excuse me, um, take the the um, the positive things that your parents have primed you with, and but then also maybe it's important to drop a few bags and be like, look, this isn't serving me. This isn't helping me anymore. I need to let that go. Like, that was definitely the case for me. Like, I quickly realized moving out on my own that a lot of the the mindsets, if you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to use that word like a buzzword tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> Your thought process. Your thought process. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, a lot of them that you were, that you were exposed to growing up... Um, perhaps aren't very applicable anymore in the different areas that you're like venturing towards so for me it was um I think my family grew up like very uh interdependent of one of one another Mm. and so we kind of had like this family mantra of if one person is hurting everyone is hurting or if one person is happy everyone is happy that's rough yeah Yeah. I'm so sorry yeah no but like it it was like it felt like we were very connected through that right well Um, you can bond over like sadness yeah exactly yeah so anyways (laughs) my point is um that it's important when you venture out of your own tribe like you said to not only um adopt new ways of thinking but also maybe like let some of the other ones go and then you start to develop yourself as an individual and then hopefully if what you want is to meet a partner then you now become a unit with that and then you start like building your own and then that's really powerful because then you have the opportunity to kind of like get a bit of a redo if you're you know you're not really happy with the things the way they were growing up now you it's a beautiful thing that you start your own kind of journey just yeah. takes a ton a ton of awareness especially to be like look at your parents and be like oh i don't like that i'm gonna change it a lot of people say i don't like that but they continue operating the way their parents did because mm-hmm. that's what they've been ingrained to do so what do you think is a catalyst to be like to like actually change it well it has to matter more that you don't become it enough to change it like you say i don't like it but it's like ah Okay, so like, like, it has to matter to you. Yeah, it has to, it has to bug you, like, to change a habit. It has to either anger you or drive you. Like, Mm. to make a habit change, it has to piss you off or it has to just be a motivator. I don't know. Mm. Both have to be very passionate. I think I tend to go the pissing (laughs) off route, to be honest. Yeah. Like, when something pisses me off enough, that's when I, like, change it, for sure. Yeah. Do you disagree? Or agree? I don't know. Just no, I'm smiling because yeah. there's a lot of things that piss me off. So, okay. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm really good at... If something pissed me off and I can change it, yeah. it's changed pretty quick. Right, yeah. But if something pissed me off and I can't change it, then... It's accepting what you can't control. Yeah. My, my favorite saying is grand scheme of things. Is it a big deal? Oh, and yeah. if it's something I control, it's always a big deal. Mm-hmm. And if it's not... Yeah. yeah. It's good like Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no point. There's no point. Yeah, move on. Dude, I need help with that. I feel like I stress yeah. over things that I can't control at all. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes. I could sit here and ask you for an hour, like, why, 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 why? But we, we can have another conversation <laughs> another time. But that's what I do. Like, you in in this role that I want to take on, the mindset coaching thing is, um, yeah, someone says, I don't want to do this, and I just go, why? And then they go on, and I go, why? Mm. And then we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Mm. Um, 
But if we are going to have a mindset session, I'll yeah. make sure I pay you for your time. No, oh my god, no. <laughs> Girl, this uh, is a podcast. I don't want to, like, get free therapy. Yeah. Every <laughs> hey, I don't want it to be, like, too personal for the rest of the world either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've gotten kind of personal, I think, on this podcast, which... Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, like, a good balance, I find. Nice. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that, but our camera is beeping, so we're just making sure our battery is... Okay, sweet. We're all good. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, is there anything else that's going on with like, um, in terms of like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is um, <laughs> when it comes to mindset coaching, um, I kind of know what life coaching is. Yeah. Is there a difference? Like, is it kind of the same route? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. That out. <laughs> Um, I'd say, like, anything you deal with in life comes back to your mindset, so I guess I, I will just, I'm not sure. So what, okay, okay, yeah. I'm curious, what, how would you define your mindset? Like, what is your mindset? <laughs> uh, I'd say it's how you, your mindset is how you talk to yourself and how you... Your inner dialogue? It's your inner dialogue and, like, what channel you're tuned into. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, it's the reticular something, reticular. R-E-S, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so that. it's like, if you're always tuned into negativity, you're going to always look for it. You know, if, if you know how like you buy a Corvette or something and then you see a Corvette everywhere or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's the same idea. If you're bought into negativity, you'll look for ways to feel negative. So I guess your mm-hmm. mindset is what you're tuned into. Are you tuned mm-hmm. into empowerment and asking yourself questions that motivate you? Or are you tuned into life is gray and sucky? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because on the same spectrum of that, I also base my manifestations upon because... When I manifest, it's based on the law of attraction, which is just that the more you have something in your mind, if you manifest something every single day, like you say your manifestations or your affirmations, um, and a lot of people have different opinions about this, but I don't, I don't really come at it from like a woo-woo perspective at all. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, but like, um, just if you think of something all the time, your subconscious is going to look for it, and then therefore you're going to find it. So like, mm-hmm. if you manifest something every single day, like I... Um, it could be something like I am uh, um, I'm putting in the work today or mm-hmm. then your mind like you've created that subconscious neural pathway and then mm-hmm. your mind will automatically like start looking for it so it's actually kind of more like I'd say like neuroscience as opposed to yeah. something that's more supernatural yeah it's, it's 100% a muscle I forget there's mm-hmm. another term for this I forget neuroplastic neuroplasticity thank you yeah crushed it i love that (laughs) did you know that we're like one of the like in the whole animal kingdom humans are the most neuroplasticized i don't know the the correct word but like we have the most plasticity in our brain which is really interesting well we can look at we can forecast i think Mm. you can forecast very well yeah we're the They're one of few species that negotiate with the future, mm-hmm. which div- divides us from other species. Mm-hmm. You can see it in um, foragers that hide things, such as squirrels that like you know hide nuts True. for yeah. the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps bears that stock up for the winter. They eat a lot of food so that they're able to survive hibernation. Except that's it's. I don't think the literature is clear on whether or not that's a 
a thought process or if that's just like nature, nature right <laughs> yeah. if is yeah. that is that your your biological makeup that's making you do that or is that like a decision process right yeah but humans most definitely negotiate with the future and that's what makes us and um yeah. apparently the reason that we become so our brains become so plastic Plasticized, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Um, it's just because it takes us a long time to grow up. So we take from like being born as an infant to becoming a fully functioning adult. I would say probably by the time you're like seven, six or seven, that's when you like you can if you needed to, you could probably survive in the world. Like all things considered, you could probably figure out how to forage for food and like that kind of thing. Uh, in a survival mechanism but that's a really long time that period and when you look at other animals a lot of times like uh for example horses um they're born and within a few hours they're walking mm-hmm. like and caribou like, as well caribou are walking as soon as they're born and like we take a full year if not a year and a half to learn how to walk so that's a theory of as to we why our brains legs. have become so um advances just because it's it takes us a lot longer so we have a lot more energy and resources right to like develop pro- like more complex systems and that kind of thing which is very interesting and all of our trauma is actually built in the first six years of our lives yeah so we spend the rest of our lives like responding to that i know that's is that crazy. true yeah so and if you go to war and you like, well like sorry like your innate like response to things it is in like the for six years of your life. Like, you will have trauma past six years old. <laughs> oh, I see. But sort of, like, your quirks and, like, how you... How your mentality is set. Because your personality is, is pretty well set. Yeah. By the time you're, well, matured. Yeah, because it's like, you're fine. So you yeah, just right. absorb all the influences yeah. and then you are... A, you are a result of those things. So. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, like, attachment um, style trauma is also developed very early on. Like, hmm. depending on whether... And there... This is, like, still being... It's pretty controversial, this research. So, like, some doctors will go one way and some doctors will go the other way. But there's, like, more research coming out that if you leave a child to cry in the crib, that can actually impact them well into their adult life because they develop, like, a a, um, certain attachment style, like, insecure or um, avoidant or anxious or that kind of thing. Like, basically, what what you should look for in a child, as they say, is, um, like, a kid... If a kid doesn't cry when their mom leaves the room, that's not a good thing. Like, if they're really, really young. But if they cry and then they're able to, like, soothe themselves, like, pretty quickly, mm-hmm. like, they know that mom is going to be, like, back in time, that's really good. And then um, if they're, if they, like, just cry the whole time, like, they're hysterical, that's also not good. So, like, you want, like, a balance of, like, knowing that mom is near, you should be, like, the child should be scared if the mom leaves because at that point... Their mo- the mother is completely responsible for all um, needs right. for that child. So anyways, this research just indicates that um, those early patterns are super important to develop because it could impact your child for a long time. Now, mm-hmm. we have a very plasticized brain, so all of those, if for whatever reason, like you didn't have a good caregiver growing up, that doesn't mean you're doomed to be like a non-functioning adult because your brain no. is very adept to... like subconscious reprogramming and that kind of thing so you're not like doomed or anything by any means but it it's very interesting to see how like it affects your weight like well into your adult life yeah we are not our history we we get to wake up tomorrow and decide to be a completely different person yeah i think it takes time though 
I think we have the ability to wake up and decide to make totally different choices. I would agree with that, but you don't think we're our history? I think we are we are a makeup of our history, but it does not define us. We we can acknowledge our past without making it our future. Okay, well I, I see that. And so then the do you mean that we are made up from, like you say, made, we're made from the past, but we can make... So you're, you're a person who, by all means, is entirely made up of your past, but you can decide to have a different future, is what you mean by that? Yes. Okay, all right. Beauty, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I get it. So yeah. Good. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. <laughs> and one thing when you're talking about Dan Maria is that the trick of my brain is that uh, kids get socialized in between the ages of, what is it, like two and four? Mm-hmm. Like really early. And if they're not exposed to people outside of their, their family tribe in between those ages and they're not socialized properly, they are weird for life. They are. They are. They're weird for life. Poor pandemic and then admi- <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's exactly where my brain went. Because my niece is three and so she's at that age where she needs to be socialized and fortunately my i'm, I'm gonna leave names out of it because yeah. i don't want to i don't want to mention names but it, it's fortunate that she has amazing parents that are very good at letting her play with others and like socializing and like all that stuff so i'm i'm, I'm happy that she's got that but i'm i worry for all the other kids yeah. with the pandemic who have been mm-hmm. not allowed to go out when kids are very clearly not as nearly affected as adults. They're great spreaders. Kids are amazing at spreading things. They're just the worst because they put things in their mouths. They go, they play around, they touch everything. (laughs) And, uh, but it's super important for them to do that, to play and to, to, to play with other kids Mm -hmm. and to learn how, what's okay and what's not okay and how to behave and, and to, you know, learn this kid's weird. Why is he weird? Oh, it's because he has a different family. Oh, well, what does that mean? Like, you know, he, he, you know, I only see him for an hour or two and then I don't see him again. And every time I see him, he's acting a little different. It's like, cause he's learning too. Like it's, it's all these things like the kids learn now. I just, I get really concerned when throughout the whole pandemic, I've been concerned about the fact that how many millions of kids are being deprived of socialization and what is that going to mean for 15 years down the line? Well, I mean... It could mean scariness, but um, I've talked to a couple of the youths, if you will. (laughs) A couple of them here and there. The youths. And um, I I have great faith in them. I think, like, they will acknowledge the babes who came through the pandemic, and I think they'll contribute enough to help them develop those things. I don't know. I I, I just think, like, the younger generations are, they're going to crush it. And sorry, what generation are you? I guess I'm, what? How old are you? 26. 20. Oh, sorry. There you go. So that generation. I'm the youth here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm talking like the, like, grade eight, grade seven. Like, they are in tune with stuff. I really think that our planet will be better off in the next few generations. That's good. That's really good. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. That makes me so happy. I, uh, yeah, I I have a friend who's a teacher who, um, she uses video production to help kids find their voice and like tell their stories and not only tell their stories but look at their community and find ways to contribute it to it um 
And she tells me all these awesome stories about the kids and like what the questions they're asking and like how they're contributing, that they're making clubs to talk about larger issues and they want to be involved and they're sick of parents like talking down to them. Like they, they want to get into the meetings and they want to be there and it's just mm-hmm. like yeah. Damn. <laughs> like, yeah. They're taking TikToks and they're they're moving forward in life. Like <laughs> they're not just absorbing it and getting like, oh no, the world is hard and I can't do anything. They're saying the world is messed. How can mm. we help? Yeah. See, I love that attitude because it's very different from I think the millennials that are our age because they've also yes. adopted the mentality that the world is fucked. Yeah. But yeah. like there's absolutely no solution in their brain. Like, There's what so many it? doomsdays. We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. we talked about this. There's a lot of podcast. negatives. Yeah. yeah. Before I got to mindset coaching, my goal was to um, take social media, like to make a social media course and bring it to high schools and um, and elementary schools, um, and then talk to them about what it means to show up online and all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to talk to people our age because they're already like yeah, <laughs> they're, they're set like, in way their gone. ways. Like I'm gonna talk to the youths because um, they're involved. So yeah, yeah, I get that. I th- so I'm. I think you guys are both millennials, but I'm Gen Z. Yeah. Um. Or like just on the cusp or whatever. <laughs> Don't give me that look. <laughs> yeah. You chose me. Gen Z. Yeah. With your flared legs and stuff. Yeah. Um. But I. Yeah. I think I definitely see that. Like you guys are obviously really cool and awesome. But okay. people obviously. who are. I, mean, I wouldn't be here if you weren't. Um. But I. I do think people my age are a little bit more optimistic than people your age. And mind you, we only yeah. have a few years in between. I would that. Really? Right. Yeah, I would. Let's go. I, let's go. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly disagree. I love it. I, I think that the, and, and, and I was a little, and this is great that the kids in your school, maybe it's different. Uh, I, I, I don't, the only kids I really deal with are my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Because like, I'm not a, like a coach or anything like that. But, so I find that my generation Albeit doomsdayers, many of them yeah. are also. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of shrugging your shoulders. Like, get over it. Uh, I feel like my generation is very get over it. Um, and then I find the younger you get, especially teenagers, are doomsdayers. Hmm. Okay, but I think you're. I think you're right. We are doomsdayers, <laughs> but we're also doomsdayers but we're like using that energy and i'm not saying this is right or good or anything but i think we're using that energy like the world is, mm, mm-hmm. and like that's why we need to change it and you guys are like the world is mm, and uh, you know what i mean so if yeah. i had to choose one or the other i think my generation is still kind of like killing and that's <laughs> and that's fair and i would say i would say i would agree with the fact that there are a lot of people in my generation that are just like whatever everybody's saying let's just go with the whatever oh yeah the world's gonna end oh that sucks <laughs> and then just sit on the couch and do nothing yep. yeah but and, and i would and I, I don't know about yourself georgia but I, this is an interesting question i have found a lot of people my generation don't do anything i agree <laughs> don't do anything no like, they're very for whatever reason in our generation people stopped being like it was for whatever reason People stopped saying that it was okay to have a thing. It was okay to have an opinion. It was okay to have a thing that you do. Right. And it was okay to do that thing. Like, I feel like everybody in our generation, in however many years that is, let's give it like a a bubble of five years. Oh, that's me too then. There you go. You're in on (laughs) it. 
I feel so and excited so, right now. And, <laughs> and so I, I feel like I feel like there's such a huge issue with like everybody, like just mold, like just everybody's got molded. Yeah, to being copacetic, like lame. that's fine. Yeah, lame. So yeah. Do, you, do you feel like people your age don't have like a like a passion? Like they don't have like a hobby they do, or like they don't have like a, a like this a is lot what of I them. Like. I just find a lot of people got nine to fivers. Uh, <laughs> And and I have one, so I'm not bagging on anybody no, in particular. Either. I'm you bagging should. on myself. Yeah, I love my but like, yeah. <laughs> but like, when you look and 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 I say that, but then I look at the past. I look backwards, and then you have, you know, everybody was a farm family. You know, you know what I mean? Like, okay, compared to who are we people that don't do anything compared to who? But yeah, you can't compare. Hey, I grew up on a farm and I was doing something. No, I know, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about like in our grandparents' generation when yeah. everybody lived. You can't and, compare. You can't compare. Yeah. Not even yeah. the same thing. No. But it's, I just feel like everybody's just got to like risk it for the biscuit, man. Yeah. I think it comes back to what you were saying earlier. Like the people, like they can just be okay and then there's the strivers. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah. the people who are just like complacent and then there's people yeah. who are like, we no. need, we need the complacent and people. And it's cool. It's <laughs> yeah. cool if people want to do nothing. But if, if like if you feel like doing something, you should be able to. Like, yeah, like, but I why do you like, feel like you can't? There, there's some like exactly. But they, but why? that's what I'm asking. Because things are so hard. <laughs> no, I, no, and I love that. But like, what do you mean by like? Um, it sounds as though people have said have like resisted your success or resisted your mindset or something. Like it sounds like someone's telling you that you can't. Be the way you are. Me individually? You specifically. Me individually. <laughs> yeah, because you were saying that people, um, like, yeah, that can people exist over here? Bit. And can people exist over here? It's like, yes, they can, but why are you affected by it? Why am I affected by other people? Yeah, being, like, perturbed that you're, you have a driven mindset. Yeah, that's a great question. Why? That's a great question. Why, Nate? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it does, it does bug me that, um... Well, it, it, yeah, it bugs me that other people are in just, it seems like everybody's put on, on, on camera. Like everybody's, okay, but not literally, (laughs) but just every single person and perhaps it's not, perhaps it's just me and perhaps I'm just feeling this way no but, just tell me the feelings yes but it's it's just that when did it become not okay to fail and i feel like a lot of people feel like that's the case and i i'm i'm really hard on myself but i i i think it's okay to fail absolutely and then, yeah. most definitely i just mean like i feel like our generation you don't how many people in our generation are, are like, well-known? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think a lot. Because we're, I think okay. we're, our generation's lame, and that's all I'm coming to right now. I haven't, th- I haven't thought to So you're this. perturbed that the people our age haven't done more. Yeah, I feel off. like we've got a lame generation. Man. But, <laughs> but you're not doing your thing, so up. why does it matter? Yeah, and maybe I'm a part of that lame, I, I no, most I definitely am. Wait, part no, of that lame wait, no, that's not what I'm saying. No, I know. I'm just, uh, I'm just vamping. But like, it's, yeah. I, I, in like, I'm not bagging on all my friends. I think all my friends are awesome. You're awesome. Yeah, everybody, everybody listening is really cool. But 
like I just I just I I feel so upset that like and maybe it's not a real thing but I just feel like it as social media becomes super popular I hate to blame it on social media you can do it I feel like that's the average cop out go ahead but um just people are on stage more and more literally yes on stage all the time right and and with that comes judgment which I think judgment is a great thing it can be judgment I, I think I think it is. <laughs> it's just the rate at which people are judged is yeah. exponentially growing. And people aren't wired for that, right? Mm-hmm. To be judged is normal. If you do something unacceptable in the public sphere and you're judged for it, you should be judged for it. And that's right. You, I mean, that's, how, I know like, you that's why law exists. Exactly, right? So judging, and, and when you say... When you add like a, a song to your Spotify playlist, you're judging. Like it's it's important to judge because then you have a value a hierarchy and you say this is important, this is good, this is not good, and X, Y, and Z. You had a no. I'm a just, moment of realization. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm just circling back to the thing that like okay, so yeah, you're so we're talking about social media and how it's affecting people's rate of success because they're being judged, or yes. are we talking about okay? Because, so it sounds like you're perturbed by the generate by people in general, maybe even not our generation. I don't, I don't know. Yes, There's no, more to the sounds, core here. <laughs> I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something. Okay. Georgia, Does it bug you when people like don't? Live yeah, up like to their what, what? It really bugs me when people don't live up to their potential. But that, For but sure. that I have already figured out is okay, me projecting myself on yes. them because I'm worried yeah. I'm not going to live up exactly. to my potential. But right? like. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. But then, but then it comes into the issue of well, not living up to your potential. I feel like everybody falls under that category, except for like, not living up to their potential. Like, yeah, because everybody can yeah, give a I little agree. bit more. Yeah, yeah. You ask any Navy SEAL, and I guarantee you, they'll be like, everybody can give more. Do you, you feel like no it's because it affects your daily life? Mm, I'm not entirely sure what you mean by that. Like, Does it feel like people's unmatched potential to the potential you see for them bugs you every day? Does it impact how you uh, walk through this earth? It, it, I commonly notice it. Yeah. But it's not as though I'm, I'm seeing all my friends being like, you're not living up to your potential. That's not it at all. Okay. I'm not, I, th- I'm I not talking sometimes. about individuals. Um, I, I, I do think that some people in my life maybe could do more and I feel like I myself most definitely can do more and I feel like that's that's big, that's Mm -hmm. like a huge way in which I judge myself. It's like, you could do more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my question is doing more is I feel the same way, but my fear is like, it's never ever going to be enough and not that I want it to ever be enough because I want to continuously push myself, but at one point, like where is that bubble going to burst for me? Like, I'm tr- I'm doing so much, and I'm nervous that one day I'm going to realize, like, it really is too much for me. Oh, and man. so I, I struggle with balancing that out because it's really important to push yourself, but, like, when you push yourself too much, like, you end up doing more harm than good, I think, because then you become less efficient at all the things that you're doing mm-hmm. as a... So I, I, that's my struggle. Well, you're worried so much about the future and not what you have right now. Yeah, but what if the stuff that I have in the future is, like, way better than what I have right now? And if I don't worry about it, then I won't have it. <laughs> exactly. That's where my my mindset goes to. 
So it's important to be thankful. It's probably for, not a good thing. I really but, do. Yeah. I really do think that gratitude is important, <laughs> and that it's important to be thankful for what you are now. But yeah, you you have to worry about the future to like get there. But I guess I don't want you to get lost in the future to a detriment. So There's okay. my, yeah, keep yeah. saying words and I'll make sense of it. Yeah, no, no I, I, I think yeah, I get I, that. I see yeah, you, I, I see, see that. Coming from. Sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I think of it as a, a burden of privilege because this is why. <laughs> and I'm very aware of the fact that I've lived a fairly privileged life. Okay, like I feel like you're born in Canada, period. Hell yeah. You have a privileged life compared to many people on this planet. Okay. Amen. And so you got to be grateful for that. And you have to, but then you have the burden of, I've been blessed with this privilege in my life. And in, I, I lived in a trailer park as a kid and I still feel like I was, you know, privileged. Right. So in, I have this burden where it's like, I, I feel like I need to live into my potential because I have this privilege and yeah. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to squander it. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to be sitting at home playing video games all day, every day. Which, unless you're like a professional video game person, I, I feel like you're not living up to potential, probably. And and um, but again, it's it's none of my <laughs> business what other people do. They should be allowed to do that. But it's just like uh, so. I feel like we keep tricky, coming back to that. Like people should I be know. allowed to do what they want to do. Yep. But also, they should do more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And like, I kind of agree with that, though. Like I feel okay, but like that. it burdens I'm, you. Like it's, it's like don't let it bother you. <laughs> no, but then like yeah. But okay, I, I okay. What you're saying. Okay. This is so great to have a, a, a mindset coach with us to walk us through this. No, I'm not even trying to, guys. Like, just no, take but that I appreciate off. it. I appreciate no, it. it's great. I love you because I, I can guarantee you, I've had this conversation a fair amount of times where like it's just frustrating that people don't do more, and, and so I know there are there people people out there listening that are are thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. if you say, <laughs> and and I'll just break it down. Break it down. If you say. People should be able to do whatever they want as long as it does not impede the health and safety of another person. That is fair. Okay. Is that fair? I don't know. Is it? I would say that's fair. Is that fair. what you believe? I would, say that, I would say that as long as something is legal okay. based on the law because the law is not perfect but it's the best thing we have, they should be able to do those things. Okay. 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 And that's, that's how I feel. I honestly believe that. Okay. But then I also realized that the laws don't maximize human potential. They just preserve health and safety and the standards of society, right? So yes. I feel like that's where my con- conflict is. I am a huge advocate for, I don't think people should be forced to get the vaccine, mm-hmm. but I have two vaccine shots, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like that. Okay. Like I, I, people should be able to do whatever they want. As long as it's within the realm of reason. But so many people, including myself, don't live up to their potential and just imagine where we would be if everybody did. And that's my inner conflict. <laughs> yeah. And what are your thoughts on that, Georgia? <laughs> oh, damn. Well, that'd be years of something that I don't have time to unpack. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like if um, it just sounds like it's a it sounds like it's a burden. It is. It's a huge burden. And I guess what I want to get across is that 
unless you're contributing to and I'm saying this without judging because I have no idea what you're oh, up to. Judge, judge I have no idea what you're up to. But um, to the general public, to be angry about something should cause action to contributing to change. Mm-hmm. So I guess where it would get tricky is if you're angered and it either causing you more detriment, like more anger, more depression, or what, anxiety, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. then it is on you to find a way to help others reach their potential. If it bothers you a lot, don't let it bother you unless right. you're willing to contribute to find an answer. Oh, okay. Well, I would agree with that. Okay. That's fair. That. That's really good. <laughs> that's a, that's some really good advice. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It really is. Because uh, because I feel like sometimes, and there are a lot of things that in my life that are, are frustrating, and I just... Sometimes I'm good at letting things go, and then sometimes... As I get older, I'm better at it. But there are things that I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, you get frustrated, but there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. That's really good advice, I think, for anything that bothers you. Like, if you're, it's kind of like if you're going to complain about it, then figure out a way to solve it. And if you're not, like, then figure out a way to stop complaining yeah (laughs) or like figure out a way to stop letting it bother you right if if if, and maybe you have no interest in in helping other people reach their potential or Mm. figuring out a way to change that and then that's like an internal thing that you would need to reconcile or resolve but perhaps maybe it's oh wow what about this what if the internal conflicts that you're finding within yourself actually are your purpose and figuring out a way to solve those inner conflicts is yeah. what you're meant to do. Yeah. Could be that. It could be that. <laughs> Brene Brown says, uh, if you're not willing to get in the ring, I don't want to hear your opinion. Like, mm. yeah, if you're not willing to do the work, but you're willing to complain about it or judge other people who are putting in the work to whatever. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of that. If you're, if <laughs> yeah. you're not trying, period. Yeah. I don't want to hear your judgment. I don't want your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, So I guess I would say the same about like if you're not trying to change it, (laughs) I don't know. Deal with it. Find a way to deal with it. And that's why I really like having these conversations. Like that's why I think that's a key. That's a key part of why we started this podcast because it's a forum in which you can verbally process things and like you can work out issues. Because how many times have we talked about something and then been like, oh yeah, right that's a good point or right. you know somebody brings up something and, and it, mm-hmm. that's it I mean yeah how, that's that's how you learn you learn, I'm sure when it, you're in kickboxing you learn something new mm-hmm. that you didn't know before you had the ability to do that the whole time you just right. didn't have the knowledge to yeah together, that's right, right? Yeah. Yeah. and and then Experience. when you learn that thing it clicks and you're and you're changed instantly maybe not instantly but you can start to work towards the change that mm-hmm. yeah can make permanent difference and uh Hell yeah. Hells yes. Hells yes. Woo. Woot woot. Well, guys, I, I don't know how long that was, but uh, it was about an hour and a half. <laughs> what? Very nice. That's Good chat, guys. Yeah. kind of flew by, but uh, thanks so much yeah. for yeah, joining us. Thank you. Us. So much for Thank you. That was awesome. Do you want to... 
uh, tell everybody where they can find you oh, online. Yeah. Or... yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Originalginger on Instagram. It's Original Ginger combined. Um, I'll make it easier one day, but for now it's whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, find me there. Find me Facebook anywhere. Yeah, reach out. Right on. We'll definitely yeah. uh, tag you in the in the episode. So yeah. look out for the social tag to go for the tag and uh if anybody wants to get into kickboxing yeah. i'm sure you've got some motivation now and i do have one last question uh i'm curious what your top three books would be if you could recommend maybe maybe not three but a few books to, to people right now that you think would be uh helpful okay in their lives okay yes um <laughs> okay um brene brown uh living an authentic life um okay Great book, by the way. Yes. Is it? You so read that good. one? That one's yeah. good. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up my Audible right now, and I'm double-checking. Um, it worked really well for me was um, David Goggins' book. <laughs> Does anyone know David oh, Goggins? Oh, Can't Hurt Me. Yeah, Can't yeah, Hurt yeah. Me. Yeah, Can't Hurt okay, Me Okay, if great. you're an athlete, like, that will fire you right up. Yeah. Can't Hurt Me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then The Gap in the Gain by Dan Sullivan. That's what I was talking about earlier, about gratitude and looking forward and letting the process of the goal the goal. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Stuff. Well, those all sound good. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate cool. it. And, Thanks uh, so much. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Good night, guys. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>